It's time for Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now let's have some fun. Here is your host, Johnny, Johnny Radio. Johnny Radio. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome into a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus all day long. Happy Monday, everybody. Football season, well, we won't see any football for a long, long time. Well, it's not the NFL-style football. We still have um, spring football. It used to be the USFL and the XFL, and they had a baby, and it's called the UFL. Nailed it, John. Damn, I'm good at this. So we do have a little bit of that. But, man, the great football that we saw um, yesterday, uh, if you had the 49ers, I know that one was painful. It hurt. And we got a million questions today to ask. I'm kind of wondering what you're thinking about. You can hit me up with your opinions, what you think, your takes at 901-360-8255, 901-360-8255. We are going to talk a lot about, of course, the big game. Now, um... Brian Dacus and y'all are going to have to help me out because, sadly, I wasn't at my own damn Super Bowl party because I had to be up here at work. And that was very, very, very disappointing for me because I didn't get to, like, watch any of the halftime show. I didn't get to see any of the commercials because you're listening to the game because what you're seeing on the screen is a good, a full play and a few seconds behind. Yeah, if you are, are gambling, listening to the radio can definitely help you uh, try to hop on that play a little bit faster. Is it? It's it's the quickest, the quickest game, and we are going to be speaking for some bets. We're going to be speaking about how great Pat Mahomes is. I don't think anybody out there is, like has ever said, man, like this dude ain't this dude ain't great. You know, this dude ain't the, this dude ain't elite. But what he is 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 definitely um, in the first seven years of his career, nobody. Has three championships and three MVPs. But there's a bunch who have three championships and two MVPs, and they're all in other sports. You have NBA, MLB, and NHL. In the NBA, you have Larry Bird, who had three championships and two MVPs. You have Bill Russell, who had three championships and two MVPs. Mickey Mantle, Stan Musial, Joe DiMaggio, all the boys in the baseball. And now it's Pat Mahomes. But not only is it just Pat Mahomes who has now passed Tom Brady for most most double-digit Super Bowl comebacks by a starter. He passed him. He now has three Super Bowl rings in all three games. He found himself back from double digits, came back, and won the ball game. It's a, it's a very impressive stat. Pat's got three. Tom did it twice. Tom did it to Kyle Shanahan when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. Pat Mahomes did it to Kyle Shanahan yesterday. And we're going to have all kinds of questions about what about the 49ers? Where do they go from now? Brock Purdy paying him. Um, is Kyle Shanahan that dude? I mean, my guy's been, you know, NFC Championship. And after NFC Championship, he's been to the to the big game. He's now 0-3 in the big game. Two as a coach and both as off as a coordinator. But he's also had in all three big games, all big, all three Super Bowls, my man's had a double-digit lead in all three of his Super Bowls and did not hold on to win the game. 
It's absolutely buck wild to think about just everything that's gone on um, in the last just, you know, 24 hours. Legends are made, and uh, Pat Mahomes is that legend. But now we also have to talk about Spags. Steve Spagnola, he has four Super Bowl wins as a defensive coordinator. That itself is legit. Spags held that 49ers. That 49ers team, even in overtime, to 22 points, 19 during the ball game, came up with some huge plays. But let's also not forget, he was the defensive coordinator for the Giants. The year the Patriots had the greatest offense in the National Football League and were averaging, check this out, 36.8 points per game. Spags Giants team beat Brady up and held the dead gum Patriots and the great man Tom Brady to 14 points in 2019. They averaged 29.9. That's the 49ers. He held them to 20 points, almost 10 points below their average. And then, of course, what he did yesterday, the 49ers averaged 29 points per game. The Chiefs held them to 22 points, including overtime. Spags is just a genius. Mm-hmm. He is a de- like he is playing the, the the saying. Everybody says this all the time. Oh, he's playing chess while everybody's playing checkers. Well, most of the people who are playing chess, not checkers, are usually we think on the offensive side of the football. Yeah. They get all the love. Mm-hmm. We're always talking about the up and coming co- coach who's going to scheme. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to do this. Oh, it's all about the offensive minds. I mean, we talk about, of course, Sean McVay. We talk about, of course. I mean, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, we talk about all these coaches. I mean, Ben Johnson was the hottest name that didn't go, and he stayed in Detroit mm-hmm. um, because every, because the innovative offense that Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions are implementing with all the running and blocking and play action. It's always about what the guy's doing on the offensive side of the football, while Spags is just going out there and defeating all these little offensive stony gurus, these little offensive geniuses. Spags defensive hold him. He is straight up a legend. And the fact that Andy Reid and him are on the same team with somebody like 15 is almost unfair. With all those young defensive backs, with Chris Jones, Legarius Sneed, man, they that that was just an unbelievable, unbelievable night of legends. Again, Pat Mahomes is going to get his roses. That's all I've been hearing everybody talk about mm-hmm. all day. And rightly so, 15 is that dude. 15 is that dude. But Spags deserves a lot of credit. And then there's also, dude, the muff punt that a lot of people I don't think have really talked too much about it. The muff punt changed the entire complexion of the game. Before that, I was thinking to myself, damn it, it's fourth down in in, in half a yard. You got to go for it. It's this. This is the time that you, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. You got to get something going on. But you're all the way backed up in your side. You know your side. My man punts the ball, hits the ankle. Punt is muffed. Ball games change. Next play, Pat Mahomes touchdown. Bam! Before that play, the Chiefs' offense had six points. Do you realize that? Two field yeah, goals. Yeah, you're right. After that play. 
After that, they went touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown. Plus, they held the other team to two punts. I mean, uh, to two turnovers and five punts. What I mean that that changed the entire just basically it got the Chiefs so fired up and in belief and it had the 49ers looking to themselves on that sideline like oh no are we snake bitten I mean did you see the expression of George Kittle on the sideline mm-hmm. when they showed him yeah. he just had his face where he looked like he was just looking off in there like I can't believe that just happened like what just happened it, that that muff punt was that was so so big. Well, I don't know why he was trying to like pick it up and run. He should have just jumped on it. I mean, he he was the one that realized, oh, it's hit my teammate's ankle. He should have just fallen on it yep. instead of tried to pick it up and make something happen. Oh man, it it, it was such a good, man. It, there were so many wild plays. Realistically, that You're you right. can just go back and you can always think of one play or this or that or or this decision or why you did this. But my goodness, um. There's, I mean, there's just so much to talk about. Again, Spag's defense was are unbelievable. What he's done is absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that they held Christian McCaffrey to 3.6 yards per carry. Mm, that was one of the biggest things of the that's night. That's just, again, giving uh, Spags his flowers. But the, the other thing I was going to mention is um, Kyle Shanahan, again, in his three Super Bowls, they've lost the only two Super Bowl games ever to go to overtime. And in the game that didn't go over to time, they blew a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. And you could also say Jimmy G missed a, a wide-open wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But again, ifs and buts. If if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Oh, I've never heard that one before. I kind of yep. like that. If was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. drunk. And Kyle Shanahan, lots of ifs. But, it, man, it, it it's just nuts to think about. John, have you heard uh, the conversations around uh, overtime and the 49ers not knowing the new overtime rules for the playoffs? Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan addressed it and said that um, – and the numbers do kind of back him up. Like, I know um, at least uh, – was it Phil Simms and Iron, Iron Eagle? Anyway, whoever was uh, color with Iron Eagle last night mm-hmm. – was going, you know, I don't know if I, you know, because this is the new NFL rules for the Super Bowl is kind of yeah. like college rules. You know, I would I would want to kick the ball off, see what, so you know exactly what you have to do. Sure. If you don't know, um, normally in the National Football League, you get the ball first, you score a touchdown, ball game's over. You kick a field goal, they have an opportunity to come down to score a touchdown and beat you, or kick the field goal, tie it up, and the, and the, and the overtime period continues until you run out of the time. Well, during the Super Bowl, you have to have a winner. So, and after it was, uh, golly, what game was it? Was it Pat Mahomes who made them change the rule? I don't know. I think it was. I, it it might have been, yeah. Because it was like the Josh Allen Pat Mahomes game that was so oh, unbelievable yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, right. Or was it even this man? Anyway, point is, it doesn't matter. Pat Mahomes has changed a lot of rules because he's just a he's a he's a freak. And um, a lot with a lot of talk was happening last night about should. The 49ers, if instead of taking the ball first, kicked it because no matter field goal or touchdown, the other team gets the opportunity. And they were talking about it a lot. Like if the 49ers would have gone down and scored a touchdown, normally you would think the game would have been over. No, it wouldn't have. Kansas City would have had an opportunity to tie. So you therefore know what you have to do. And I and I and I can't remember. Man, I think it was Phil Sims or some one of them damn dudes on the on the radio last night. He kept saying, "I just think I would have wanted to kick it." And 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 they did ask Kyle after the game, and I agree with what Kyle said. No, we wanted the ball first. We wanted to go down to score a touchdown. That right. way, one our defense could have known 
you know, what to do. All you have to do is get a stop. And the other reason he said is because if they kick the field goal and they kick the field goal and the game extended, there might only be three possessions where if it was all tied up, you could go kick the field goal. Time runs out. You would have had that extra possession. Mm -hmm. Or if you scored the touchdown, they scored a touchdown, you would have had enough time to get the ball one more time and gone down and at least scored. They probably wouldn't have. So I kind of agree with Kyle. The numbers, you know, slightly vary depending on who you use, but – you know, I don't really think that was a is nearly as much controversy as a few well, people. Were well, no, it. no. the The biggest controversy right now about is a bunch of 49er players are coming out. Oh, the forty nine. No, the players didn't know. They didn't, know, didn't, know. Yeah. They yeah, didn't the know. The players that the had no changed, idea, which is now, crazy. Kyle did. Kyle, yeah, coached right, it, coached right. It, and he explained it. But yeah, no, no. They had a bunch of the a bunch of players had no clue. Yeah, like Kyle Uzcheck came out and said, "Yeah, I just assumed we got the we we were wanting to get the ball first because you go down and score and the game's over." Other players are saying that they first learned about the new rules when it was thrown up on the jumbotron during the TV timeout. They were, you know, that is insane. Now that is insane. I didn't think about it from the players' view. I thought we I thought you were talking because I was kind of, you know, mentioning Kyle Shanahan's mm-hmm. record in the Super Bowl. Well, so, so I and, thought you were kind of leading towards I him. I am am so in favor. Like you said there's been a lot of argument about it. I am so in favor of taking the ball first because I mean especially against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes you want to go and try to score so that if they go down and score again and you have the ball because once both teams have the ball next score wins you get that Correct. first uh, first, uh, first opportunity to go try to end it and I thought that was the the good call by the 49ers also let's not forget the 49ers defense was on the field the final almost fo- five minutes yeah. of that football mm-hmm. game and they were getting gashed not five minutes but they I mean you had and Pat that's another Mahomes. reason you and don't want your you defense, just, your right, defense back there, right back yeah. on the field who's already sucking win and and by the way if you didn't know Kansas City had kind of caught fire mm-hmm. they had kind of caught fire man I will say though um, I was freaking out man my man Jennings out of uh, holy cow for the Vols yeah Juwan Jennings what a game Juwan Jennings had a great playoff sure did. Like, he remember a third down and six mm-hmm. where Brock Purdy's rolling to his left against Detroit and he throws it back and he had to go. He had to basically have like a 60-inch vertical yeah. jump, pull the ball down with one hand to get it. Jennings, big play after big play. If the 49ers won, was he going to be the MVP because he threw I, a touchdown I, pass and then caught the other the only other touchdown? I think so. Like, I that's mean, crazy. Yeah, because, Bro- I mean, like, Brock Purdy didn't have a great game. Brock Purdy didn't throw it for a touchdown. Like, he threw a touchdown pass, had a catch that was huge for the 49ers. I do think if they went in, and there were a couple, like I know I saw on Twitter, a couple Vol fans just, you know, because why not, threw some money down on Juwan Jennings to be the Super Bowl MVP, and they were all losing their minds because they thought, oh, there's a chance this actually hits. And then, you know, unfortunately you're playing Patrick Mahomes. Yes, and uh, playing Pat Mahomes is a little bit unfortunate. The thing about Pat, though, is you know him in Texas Tech, the physical sk- skills were there. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat sat basically and didn't start. You know, he's only been a, really a starter for six seasons. He's been in the NFL for seven. Right. What he's accomplished is ridiculous as a starter. But he sat an entire year watching Alex Smith and learning from Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. because did you know when Pat Mahomes actually got in the NFL? He has even said this, Andy Reid. He was out there playing college without he, – he, he couldn't read defenses. Right. He was just basically locking in one dude, Crazy. making things happen. <laughs> and now he reads his defenses better than anybody in the mm-hmm. National Football League. The checks that he had at the line of scrimmage late in those games to get those first downs on third down and one, on third down and six – He's just he owns it. He he is just a absolute stud. Again, a uh, hell of a game. Did not expect 
Zero, did you did you have zero points in the four, first quarter? No, I did. John, I had over seven and, and missed, a half punts, and I the that first half of the game was a beautiful game for punts. After the first, the total had dropped all the way down. It was gone from forty-seven and a half um, to thirty-five. Holy cow! And I was like, man, I'm gonna have to jump on that John. Mm-hmm. But, but, but at halftime, when it was just ten to three. You were you were a little bit nervous. Yeah, you were a little bit nervous. It's crazy that thing got to forty seven. If you had under forty seven and a half, you got lucky. If you had forty seven, you kissed your sister. Sure if you did. had uh, over forty six and a half, you got very very, very lucky. lucky. Um, but man, what a what a Super Bowl! A great game. It was a it was everything you wanted it to be. Man, it was what five thirty to eleven o'clock last night. It was a, it was a long night. It was, and I know like because. Uh, me and uh, me and Jay Morgan were talking because you know how he is with his TVs and movies. He was really excited after the game was a series premiere of a new show called Tracker on CBS. Oh, he didn't and, get to watch that till midnight. Well, yeah, so they showed they threw that up on the on the you know during commercials and was like next Tracker and whatever. So he was like, well, I'm gonna have to watch the show, and I was like, ooh, I'll watch it too. And of course, Jay Morgan, being the early bird he is, he fell asleep before Tracker even came on. I watched it, but that wasn't until. I think that started at ten fifteen and went to eleven fifteen. Our local news did not start until eleven fifteen at night because of how long the Super Bowl went. Oh yeah, I know. Believe me, I was Crazy. up here till, were, yeah. till midnight no, almost. You were. I know. That you was called the me when you were leaving. Game. Oh yeah, that's right. It was a long post game. That's right. I, I knew I it too. I'll be honest, John. I called my brother Connor after after the game and I said. I don't know if John knows how long they go with the Super Bowl post game show. He's still got another another hour and a half, two hours in him. Yeah, they. And by the way, I will say with this one thing though. Um, I mean, I do a lot of horrible things. I do. I talk a lot of personal things. But after the big Super Bowl, like the uh, telling the other person how much you loved working with them. Uh, oh, for the last, that's all. Uh, that's John. Mark it off the know, bingo the last card 20, every year. Twenty weeks has been very special with you. Yep. yep always. I'm always. going to miss you for the next six months. That's Man, right. like, dude, y'all quit making out on the damn. Yeah. T- you know, like, quit. I oh, and you, it was a great season. You were so wonderful. Let's do it again in October. You were great. Yeah, no, it's a, a tale as old as time. John, we haven't talked about uh, the uh, the Dre Greenlaw injury last night. Dude, I still don't understand. He just Crazy. was walking out, going out onto the field. I mean, yeah. did he really rupture his Achilles, or what is it exactly? It sounds like it, it, uh, they've definitely said it's an Achilles injury. They haven't said if, if he ruptured it. Full tear, what it is. Um, I mean, they had to cart him off. Y- literally, yeah. They went to the. Uh, I don't even think they went to the blue tent at all. They took him immediately back. Um, and yeah, it was then, a non-contact injury. Crazy. He was My trying to run back just on the, on the field. Back. Yeah, dude, that that crazy. was bad. That was very sad misfortune. And then when George Kittle ran off the field, oh, man, I was thinking to myself, damn, man, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are just about to like luck them mm-hmm. way in. Like Debo Samuels uh, thought he pulled his hamstring. Oh yeah, Debo left like, for a second there too. For a minute, I was like, what? And then Debo was fine after that. Yeah. Like. I guess he just had a cramp or something, but man, I was like, "Oh my god, they lost Debo!" And then I'm like, "Oh my god, they lost George Kittle!" And then yeah, and Kittle. I mean, Kittle had some really but good plays. The poor where he's kid though that came in for Kittle on those two plays. Remember, yeah. he had the holding call. Oh, that's right. Sure did. There were a lot of holding calls. Yeah, early in that, game. that was. But that one was so big because it went from being a first down to third down and twelve. Um. So, John, one of one of my highlights of the night last night was, um, I guess it was in the fourth. Quarter when the 49ers were driving to go tie it, I guess, 
or maybe it was in overtime. I can't remember. But there was one play where they rolled out and found Juszczyk, and he just barely got the first down. He had to reach out, had the ball in oh, his yeah, hands, yeah, yeah, yeah. and kind of slammed the ball on the ground. And they said, well, they had to review it a couple times. They said, it's a football move. It was in overtime because they didn't. They thought they were going to have to go you know, call like a you know, timeout for review. Um, and they kept saying, everything's done you know, uh, up top. There's no you know, challenge flags, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Des Bryant, right after that, tweeted and said, that's not a catch. And I laughed. I saw like that actually. That was pretty minutes funny. Because I was sitting there going the same thing. Because I go, that reminds me a lot. I, I told Melinda, my girlfriend, finish. which she has no idea who Des Bryant is. I look over to her oh, right when that did, happened. Wait, you're the biggest catch. She, you she being, has no idea. Well, even though- Des Bryant was retired before I even met. Uh, Melinda, or oh, okay. not with the Cowboys anymore when I met Melinda. And so I turned, after that catch, I turned to Melinda, and all I said was, if Dez's catch wanted to catch, that's not a catch. And I turned back and looked at the camera, and she's like, what, is that, what does that even mean? What are, you, what are you saying? What does that mean? And so I had to explain everything to her, and then Dez tweeted that, and I was like, yes, yes, Dez is watching the game, and he knows it. It was a great moment. Man, we had, dude, last night was so many great moments again. We'll talk about uh, a whole bunch of... About by the way, if you had purple Gatorade, congratulations. Was it purple? Yeah, it's purple wow. Gatorade. I didn't even know that. Like, I mean, I don't know putting up purple. I just didn't ever think of purple Gatorade. Did we ever figure out the national anthem situation? Um, with Reba? Yeah. Um, t- I didn't. No, you have to. I, I don't even like. I didn't even. I saw it, but you know the whole situation with me having to come up right. here. Yes. Um, it kind of really screwed up a few of the things that I was going to do, and this is the first year in a decade that I didn't even play the national wow. anthem. Wow! So what did I was not here on Friday? Under what, ninety and a half okay, seconds. He had under. So supposedly, and I was driving somewhere, and I was not on my phone while driving. Melinda was watching it, and I could hear it because it was connected to our Bluetooth in the car. But she said uh, one of the last words. She said twice, and she like stopped. Free, she said, the home of the free, and then she stopped, and everyone was going, "Oh my gosh, it went under!" And then she said, "Free again," and so everyone was like, "Did it stop? Did it? Is this under or is it over?" It was incredible, John. I told you last week if I was a singer, um, I would purposely try to get it as close as I could. She did it better than I could have ever expected because I was sitting there going, "Did it go under? Did it go over?" And then I got on Twitter, and everyone was asking the same question. Man, now I need to know. I didn't even get my chance to bet on it because my afternoon was ruined uh, when somebody called and said, I don't feel good and I can't come into work. Um, so I had a, a complete nervous breakdown. And I'm sorry, brave. So she said, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Brave. And she said brave twice. And if, if she had finished after the first brave, it would have been under. If they added the second brave, it would be over. Holy moly. We got to find out. <laughs> 901-360-8255. If you know the answer, let us know. But now we have to take a quick timeout off the Super Bowl, okay? Because now it's time to talk about your Memphis Tigers. They had a pretty big game against Tulane, man. Um, we're going to discuss what we saw from this Memphis Tiger basketball team with Needed Terry Davis. Like Needed a big win. Needed a big win. Went out there and just basically uh, beat the tar out of them mm-hmm. from beginning to end. They controlled and dominated, except for it was one play that made me so mad. Tulane shot a meaningless, worthless three-pointer at the very end, and I lost the total of that game, I think, by a half. Really? Yeah. Wow. I had that happen twice to me this year. But Crazy. I will tell you, one of the best, smartest bets that I did make, LSU women were down by 10 at half. 
Okay. Against Alabama. Okay. I'm a women's basketball savant, sure. remember? Oh, yeah. I got LSU plus 110. How about that? They were down 10. They were an 11.5 point favorite. They came back. I mean, they beat them 20 points the first time. I pounded the LSU girls, wow. man. And they came back and Legit. dominated, outscored them by like 20 freaking nine points in the second half. It was just a beautiful, easy, easy win. We're talking Tiger basketball, however, on the other side with Terry Davis next. Sports 5698 5FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. All the wisdom of the universe is in these bones. <laughs> now back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again... Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus. It is Monday, post-Super Bowl Monday. Um, very, 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 very rough. Um, very, very rough because if you were a 49ers fan, painful. But if you had them Kansas City Chiefs, it's got to feel really, really good. We're going to talk a little bit about the big game, but we got to talk about our Tigers. Tigers now back to their winning ways. They uh, got a little revenge on Tulane. They dominated the game from start to finish. The JQ looked like JQ of old. Uh, the whole team was just uh, basically a well-oiled machine. Haven't seen them play basketball like that in a long time. I know my good buddy Terry Davis has to feel a little bit better. Good morning, TD. How are you today? Man, what is going on? Man, just chilling like a villain. Got a nice Tiger win yesterday. Got a nice Chiefs win yesterday. Uh, the only thing, man, if they would have... If I could have just had like one more point in that game, but then it wouldn't have gotten to overtime and I never would have gotten there. So it just it didn't work oh, so out. Oh, you had 47 and a half. I had over 47 and a half in a parlay with Kansas City Chiefs, uh, money line, over yeah. 47 and a half. I had uh, Patrick Mahomes over like 20 yards rushing. He got that. I had him over uh, 200, I think, 67 yards passing. I had him throwing uh, two touchdowns. All those things hit, it would have paid out fat. I was just having wow. a point short, so I lost. Man, it's crazy. Uh, the point total, you know, over under was 47 and a half, and, and it went to 47. Know, That's man. hard. That's it is hard. hard. By the way, I will also tell you, I thought um, there were some funny, hell, hella funny tweets last night. Have you ever heard? I mean, you watch the games, right? I mean, you realize. Yeah. Like, listen, I know wrestling, it looks like they're killing each other someplace, but you can also see that it's kind of fake. When I was a kid and I found out uh, wrestling was scripted, it really did break my heart. I was devastated. Did not, you know, become the type of wrestling fan I might have, how if I had believed it was real the whole time. The NFL, right after that, oh, this was scripted. Did you see how many people say the NFL is completely scripted and rigged? Yeah, I saw that. Like, what is wrong? Are, Are these people on drugs? Yes, they, they are. Some people just don't have no faith in anything. They just they think everything has got to be orchestrated by something, by something else. And it, it, 
you cannot write that script that 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 the way that game went out yesterday. You just can't write it like that, man. It's crazy how it went out. Man, we're seeing things we've never seen because Pat Mahomes is that dude. I mean, right. three double digit comebacks. All in Super Bowls. And let's not forget the first playoff game we ever saw Pat Mahomes playing in against the Houston Texans when Deshaun Watson was a baller. They found themselves down by 14 in the first quarter. And I think by halftime, they were down by over 21 points, maybe 24. And of course, Pat Mahomes leads them uh, back, win, bing, bang, boom, the rest is history. Like, uh, it's, it's just, it, it, the dude is just awesome. But I could talk Yeah, it was 24 because uh, somebody else came back from a little bit less than that this year, remember? So 24 was that number, and Pat has that number, biggest comeback win. That's right. You're right. You are the man, dude. Terry Davis, man, also a historian. By the way, and he'll give you the Care Bear stare. You don't really need the Care Bear stare uh, today if you watch the Tigers because I will say um, I also thought Florida Atlantic was going to use the Wichita State, and that just would have made me feel a little bit better yesterday. But the Tigers took care of Tulane. And this American Conference is um, a pretty, pretty tough conference. You've been telling me that all year. I didn't really believe you until I got a little bit deeper. It seems like anybody can win on any given night in the American. Tigers had a very rough stretch, but David Jones dropped 23 yesterday and grabbed 10 boards. Javon Quinterly was hitting three-pointers. And the Tigers dropped 90 on Tulane's face uh, and basically led from beginning to end. You know what's crazy? I went back and looked at the box score from the last Tulane game. You know, they scored 79 points. They hit 10, 10, 10 three-pointers. Uh, they had 78 yesterday. Hell, Tulane hit 10 yesterday. Yes. And, but the difference in the game in New Orleans versus the game there, you never thought Memphis was going to have a chance to lose that game because they were so in control of that game. And, you know, right. I thought they just blew us out, you know, down there. Then I went back and looked at the box score. You know, you took all the emotion out of it. And then it was they played the same exact game, had pretty much the same stat line, but they were at home and it was hitting threes and all like that. And I thought, wow, they didn't play as well as they did down there. They had the exact same game, which is crazy. And Memphis won that game comfortable up here. Yeah, they and did. it just goes to show when I watched them that first that first half, I said, Wow, who is this team? You know, I was I was amazed. They hadn't looked that good since the A and M game. Man, they also, you know, Penny has tightened up the rotation a whole lot, if you couldn't tell. That's one thing I think that was important. But the other thing is, have you noticed, he's throwing them big boys out there. Um, yes. I like when sometimes I look down on that line and you see Tomlin down there with Malcolm in the damn game. Um, and then the other – one time you actually had Brown, Malcolm, and Tomlin, all three in the game. Uh, they, they were very, very effective. Uh, Jonathan Pierre is actually coming out and giving you decent minutes. Um, he's starting to look like a basketball player. Another guy who's just—I mean, that dude's just long, uh, athletic. If he can just get it, you know, get it right between the ears, he could be effective. And again, Quinterly—he um, looked like Quinterly yesterday. Uh, felt very confident shooting his threes. Same thing with David Jones. They—they they shot. I thought the three-point ball like amazing, and I didn't look up and I'd still see that um, Tulane hit one more and had a better uh, three-point percentage. <laughs> And you know what? What was crazy? Uh, you know, I thought it was just me that they were, they actually made an attempt to go inside, and they weren't a jump shooting team, and they didn't have the stupid turnovers. You know, they had some turnovers, but you know, you have the stupid turnovers, but that lead to easy points. You know, they kept the turnovers down. You know, they, if they keep them down to nine or ten a game, they would not lose a game. Yeah, you know, because David's going to get defense, you three or four a game. Just he—that's just way he's built. 
Right. Yeah, but their defense, you know, their defense is so horrible because their offense was so horrible because they were giving people layups like pick sixes. And you can't do that. You can't give teams that. If you go back and look at that Rice game and that, that South Florida game, that's why they lost those games because they had 21 turnovers. That was just two minute turnovers. And you look at last night, they only had like eight. Well, eight the, or nine, but see, 12, yeah, it wasn't that bad. One of the other things that for me, for me, one of the big things is is the assist. Yes, when the, when they have when they are having very few and far between assists, we, we we've seen a lot this year with them. It's not good. Yesterday, I believe they had twenty one, twenty. They, I know Correct. they had over twenty assists yesterday. I was trying to pull it up. Um, twenty one. 21 assists that you know when they're sharing the basketball and they're using their athleticism and their length and they're setting back you know they're setting picks and you know doing a little I mean it just looked like a complete different basketball team on the offensive end and when they're going offensively it's crazy they actually go out there and hustle and play good defense yeah that's crazy you know you know offensively you know I think they give almost 100 points to UAB and they look good offensively but that game just looked trashy because they scored almost 90 points but it was a, a bad 90 points, if you know what I mean. You know, it, it's, it's amazing that you have to have a bad 90 points. But they just was shooting and chunking in and doing all the uh, stuff. It wasn't uh, efficient offensive, and they have to be more efficient. And to those people that think Memphis got to win the tournament to get to the uh, NCAA, you know, y'all need, to, y'all need to just let it go because that's not what y'all do. If Memphis lose one game in the regular season and don't win the tournament and get to the championship game, they will go to the tournament. I will say, uh, I think more teams are going to go to. Remember, we said this was what a two bid league. Now you said it was two. I league. said it was two bid league. Okay, yeah, I did, I did. You said it was a lot deeper, bro. I'm telling you, I've been watching a lot of the American basketball, and if you just looked on Sunday, I thought. I mean, Charlotte had to pull it out of their keister to beat Temple. Uh, Temple's one and ten, and I don't know if you know Charlotte's nine and two in the. Yes, Ameri- I know. And I know. Who's I'm at talking. The top, to- trust me. Yeah, dude, <laughs> South Florida and Charlotte are in the yeah. tops of the American, which I'm telling you, I had no idea South Florida was going to be decent. But they've just won, what, nine straight? Yes, they have. You have yeah, this. Off the back of the Memphis, they got that confidence, and now they're rolling. Yeah, they rolling. But Memphis has a big week to go. If Memphis can go and take care of business in North Texas, take care of business in SMU, you know, they just need to get to the top four. You get to the top four, you got a chance. Got a good chance. I mean, hell, Florida Atlantic yesterday almost lost to Wichita State. They went to overtime. I mean, UAB struggled with Tulsa. Uh, Hell, North Texas almost beat SMU. Like, the American, like, especially just yesterday was just buck wild. Like, the American is just buck wild. And I still can't believe um, when I look at the standings that Memphis is what? What are they? Sixth, I believe. Oh, they moved up to 75 in the net. So, they moved up to 75 in the net? Yes. Oh man, they needed that. Yeah, because uh, last week they were up to they were uh, seventy nine, and they've been moving up like two spots um, every couple of days. So now ninety up to seventy five, and they go to the on the road and beat uh, win these next two games. They'll get to the high sixties. All right, man. Well, the uh, good things shooting up for the Memphis Tiger basketball team. You got to be feeling a little bit better. Uh, do you think Penny's sleeping a little bit better after these last two? Yes, he's looking a little bit better because, one, uh, you can tell that the friction on court is not there. And you can tell that David Jones has realized that he don't need to do it all because his teammates can do it, you know, within them. They're passing the ball inside. They're, they're, they're rotating the ball around the horn, passing the ball to get those easy shots. Hell, they're not, communicating on defense as well. They're actually finally communicating with each other. 
Exactly. And, and communication is the key to success. And if you want to make a run in the NCAA tournament, you got to play defense. And Memphis, is, if they want to play, they can be one of the best defensive teams in the conference because they have they they the most talented team in the conference. But talent alone can't take you to the you know promised land. Man, talent alone can't take you to the promised land. That's a fact. Again, though, there's something I feel like they found in that last four minutes. Uh, that four to eight minutes, depending on, you know, like, I mean, that last four minutes against Wichita State, I don't think Penny was sleeping very good after that game. They won 65-63 and literally pulled that one out of you-know-what. I mean, David Jones, like that one little stretch where he hits a three-pointer, uh, Wichita State gets fouled, misses both free throws. Then he comes out and gets an old-fashioned three-point play. Wichita State misses more free throws. Uh, you know, you, I mean, it's just like one of those things where you're like, man, everything went right for the Tigers. They came back. They survived. Against Wichita State, they handled Temple on the road, and then they just—it seemed like they—they they opened up, and they just—they just put it on Tulane. Now they go to North Texas. Um, North Texas played really good yesterday. They almost beat SMU. Um, they were fighting their little tails tails off. In fact, uh, they were pretty consistent. They were up in the first half. Uh, North Texas against SMU, so it's not going to be an easy game. You look at North Texas, thirteen and ten on the season, six and five in the American. A little bit better than you you think, but when it comes to talent, Memphis has it all. They go and handle business. Uh, what is it? The day after Valentine's Day. Uh, that again. Tigers going to North Texas, easily handling business. Or are you a little worried about? Yeah, it? yeah. I uh, I think it won't be easy because it's up there, and that's a little small arena, and you know that's that's. And they're used to the arena pending. That's why they start the NIT run up there. So the, the North Texas game is not the one I'm worried about. The one I'm worried SMU. about is Sunday when they go to SMU. Yeah, just three days later, it's going to be a quick one. North Texas, SMU, and then you get Charlotte at home and FAU. This next four-game stretch is is pretty much a beast. And this is, could make or break their season. You know what I mean? Like, you go 4-0 and through this stretch, uh, everybody in Memphis is back to feeling good before even March gets here. And you get back, back on the right side of the bubble, too, in my opinion. Yeah, I uh, definitely do. Now, um, Terry, got to ask you something. Can you do me a favor? Are you super busy today? Because I didn't even talk Grizzlies. Go ahead, go ahead. You know I can. You know I do anything for you, Jay. Man, you are the best, man. Thank you so much. It is a Monday, day after the Super Bowl, day after the Tigers took care of business, and now it's time to talk some NBA with the Grizzlies with Terry Davis on the other side. Sports fifty six ninety eight five FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports fifty six and ninety eight five FM. Come on, let's get nuts. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. It is a Monday in the Mid-South. It's the day after the Super Bowl, man. Crazy game. Had overtime action. Kansas City Chiefs punched that ticket. Pat Mahomes is the bomb, man. But, man, Grizzlies. On the other end of it, um, they've lost, I think, nine in a row, maybe. Could be less. Could be more. I watch them, and I don't think about wins or losses. I just like watching this team go out there and fight. What up, TD? 
What's up, man? You know, we, we think a lot alike. You know, I asked Zach Kleiman that exact question last week during media day. He said, what should the team, the fans take from this? And basically he said, look, we're going to be developing this year. We're setting up my house, putting our position in for next year to pretty much put all that chips in the middle of the basket. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is setting up moves so they can make uh, be in position next year to make that final move to put all their chips in the in the middle of the table like they've been thinking about doing for the last couple of years. Like this is this is like uh like just to use a poker term, man. You know, like you you got to know when to hold them, you got to know when to fold them, and I feel like they're doing everything right now to build up. Like I said, because next, like it's like the big big hands coming right down, and I mean you're gonna have Jaw and Bain who've been tearing things up. They're gonna get the center position worked out. They're figuring out um, who are guys that are actually gonna be able to come in there and give minutes when the starters aren't there. Trip is doing his thing. Like I'm feeling pretty damn comfortable. I. Never thought I would say this, but we have now found basically Tony Allen number two and Vince Williams Jr. Like, like this is something we would not have been able to find with, sadly, without the misfortune that happened this year. Yes, we wanted this team to, you know, who's finished tw- second in the West the two previous seasons. We wanted them to compete for a championship, but sometimes. You know, when when things get tough, bad things happen, everything goes south, you find a few pieces that might be the difference on a championship team next year. And you would not have found Gigi either because without these injuries, Gigi, they weren't expecting to play Gigi this year. This is going to be a redshirt year. Dude, he also, his bank account's grateful for what just happened because he wouldn't be getting that contract. And what you did is you got both of those guys for relatively cheap contracts for the next four years. And, you know, a lot of people don't like the Stephen Adams move because they love Stephen because he made the team so well. But they saved so much money by moving his contract out next year. Damn, they're I didn't not, even think about that. Right. It, it's a money thing. When they move his contract out and Victor's contract at uh, Oladipo, which never hit the court, he's not going to be there. Then you get Yuta back and then you get some residual sales because Yuta has a big fan base and Japan in in, in Asia. And, you know, he got his start here. You know, he was playing really well last year before, you know, Phoenix made those moves. And, and, you know, he just was good. But, you know, he's just not Kevin Arant or, you know, all those other guys. So he he got pushed down the rotation. So here, he'll come here, he'll do well, and Memphis will trade him and get some more assets. And that's one thing I like about this front office. They have a whole lot of assets that they can use Opposed to the previous owner, uh, the leadership group that believed in uh, that uh, uh, those draft picks were just candy, you just give them away. Golly, man, it's it's crazy. Um, how you know, again, sometimes the misfortune you find a bunch of diamonds in the rough. And by the way, just mentioning Gigi Jackson, this is what uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago. I realized this. My daughter, who's a sophomore at Ole Miss, is a year older than him. That's crazy. I was like, and he's balling out. What? He's balling out. He's balling out. And again, he. This is a kid. You know, I mean, he, you know, expected a lot out of him at a high school. He was going to be a stud, but still, second round pick, young buck, tearing things up. Uh, Grizzlies, um, like the ping pong ball situation. You know, you want to get a dra- like a lottery pick. My question is, is because I, I I've started to try to look at who they could possibly go out there and get. And I watched also the Vols play this weekend. 
Um, and Dalton Connect is a guy that people are talking about top of the draft. I listened to my man um, Dacus, saw a few, a uh, little bit of film on some of his ex guys. I can't even remember his name. I was looking Matos at Buzelis. Matos oh, Buzelis, who he loves. I'm just kind of curious. Is the one the one kind of maybe sad, scary piece here? This doesn't feel like the deepest draft in the NBA that they've had, and like it doesn't feel like it's top heavy. At least right now, it doesn't. It doesn't look like that, but one thing about the draft is the inexact science, and you just don't know what you get. True, and you know, and we don't know if they're gonna hold on to that pick or if they're gonna trade it for an established piece to come and play with Ja. You mean just go ahead and get that vet and help? Yeah, somebody get else that rebuild. vet. Somebody like an Andre Drummond, because everyone knows uh, we like a donut. We got we missing in the middle. We need a we need a big a big guy that does what Stephen Adams did and do what Jonas did, but better. Yeah, we got to get you know. I mean, we get Trip playing in his natural position at the four, right? Get a right. big, get big, big man down there. BC be back on the wing. Uh, you know, Vince uh, go and play that Dylan Brooks three and D guy, and, and for the cheap, and then you can make a run. And if we can get to the Western Conference Final or maybe an NBA Finals, I think all this be worthwhile. Now, one other thing I wanted to ask you. Um, now, looking at these young bucks, one other thing. Is there somebody that we also need to keep an eye on? Because, again, I, I know I don't know much about the hustle, but I feel like I'm watching their, their team play in a grizzly uniform, and they're hustling their tail off. Uh, is there somebody like Trey Jamison? Uh, like, I mean, do you notice anybody else out there that actually could help this team going forward? No, I, I, you know, I think they're hoping that Trey can become another Xavier, but, you know, because – they had to let Xavier go because they knew no they kidding. weren't able to pay him because it's, it's a money thing. Even though you know Trip was sad and that, but you know it's business. You know this NBA. You know this is not a daycare unless you're Giannis. You know you can have your brother on the roster. You know in fifteen. You minutes, also got to feel so good for X the fact that he gets to go and possibly play for a chip. Yeah, him and David Roddy. You know because I know a lot of people had mixed emotions. Either you liked David Roddy, you didn't like David Roddy. But one thing David Roddy gave you, he gave you consistency and he gave you hustle. And unlike what some of the other guys on their roster, there's there's not doing because they're not contributing because they're so inconsistent or they hadn't hit the floor. But they're worth nine million dollars on their contract and they just couldn't eat that up right now. And no one wanted to buy, you know trade out for them. You know you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're right. talking about. By the way, I also right. know you got a lot coming down the pipe this week. What you been, what, what you thinking about? What's your yeah, what's your schedule? A, uh, this week is Grizzlies, 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 and you know just watch the Tigers from afar. And if the Tigers can pour that off on on, on on this week, I might be in uh, Dallas on Sunday trying to, you know, make sure I be the good luck piece to be the SMU. Ooh, that'd be nice, man. That would be nice, man. Terry, keep up the positive and wonderful work. Follow Terry at TerryD515. And I'm glad you're not on the cliff this week because last week you and me both were about to push off the cliff. And yes. that Tiger fan page was about to get me going crazy. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Yeah, last week was rough. It, you know what a difference a week makes, man. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a day. It was it yeah. was a week, but man, it, we feel a lot better. Terry, man, be blessed out there. All right, my brother. Talk to you next time. That is TD. He comes and joins me every single Monday. Stayed a little bit long. We talked about the Grizzlies, the Tigers. Oh my goodness! Um, again, the Grizzlies can lose all they want. Just watching them going out there and hustle, and their games are entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like they are, yeah. And it's and it's it's actually kind of it's kind of nice watching a basketball game, never worrying about actually the final result. It I is. don't think I've ever watched a team 
in my entire life. Well, because I'm not betting on the damn Grizzlies right, right. now. Did you know, know they were a favor, a favorite against Charlotte? On, against Charlotte, yeah, I saw, oh, trust me. And I said, and I even I thought to myself, damn, should I take Charlotte? And then I'm like, <laughs> no, nope, I don't want to have any bad feelings. Nah. I'm done betting on any type Smart. of uh, Memphis sports. Now that the Super Bowl is coming gone, though. I gotta start betting on a lot of basketball. It's a good thing I've been watching tons of hoops. We're gonna talk tons of hoops. We're gonna talk a little bit about this, uh, you know, Super Bowl that just happened. And don't forget, we got Hardenwood because it feels so good. Next on Sports Fifty Six Ninety Eight Five FM.